Welcome to episode 21 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. Last time we talked, we sort of thought it was the, you know, the happiness pinnacle of Blue Jays Happy Hour in terms of where the Blue Jays were, how they're rolling, and how their fates had changed. And yet, a week has passed and we're still kind of in the same place, aren't we, Stoughton? It is. It's uh, it's real nice. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, you, beating the Rays, always good. Uh, they're a really good team. And uh, to watch the performances of, of Manoa in particular and Robbie Ray, like Barrios was real good too, but the, they just didn't hit that day. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, uh, they're right in the thick of it. And literally, like I was watching the Orioles and the Yankees last night uh because i am just i'm just a cursed human being (laughs) uh but that's where we're at where it's like okay you know every every connor green pitch on that wet mound in baltimore means a whole lot like we're in that space uh and it's it's real fun it may it may go sideways still but uh uh and i think that's why we have to sort of savor it where we are right now yeah, it's funny you mentioned that game. I was actually, I was out last night. I went to see a movie. I went to see Shang-Chi. It's good. Go see it. And classic, just entertaining popcorn flick. This is not what you come to this podcast for, to hear that review, but there well, you go. I, I like to put top, popcorn on all, all my drinks. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's what we're about here. And I was walking by Hooters of all places, <laughs> the one uh, on John Street or Duncan, I forget. And I, I, in the window, I could see a huge TV playing Baltimore, New York Yankees. And I was like, oh, really? Do we real? Are we really going to be watching this? I just imagine the person who's watching that game at Hooters. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, hey, that's 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 the cheapest beer around there, except yeah, wide prob- open, I guess. But probably yeah. true. But. But yeah, I then I thought of it for a second. It's like, yeah, like that is the point we're at. We're at the point where uh, an Orioles-Yankees game, people are watching it on a Blue Jays day off on the off chance. And we're talking about like a, maybe a 25, 30% chance that the Orioles, a team that Blue Jays fans generally dislike because of 2016 and whatnot, prevails. Yeah. Like, <laughs> They're crying manager who, who yeah. <laughs> chirping Robbie Ray, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a weird series for sure that uh, <laughs> since we last talked with the Orioles. But like, yeah, the idea that you would sit and watch a baseball game to hope for an incredibly unlikely outcome from a team that you actively dislike, like that's how much we're getting into it with the Blue Jays right now. And and that's great. Like, that, And also the outcome did work out. Like, yeah, those, it, it, those, yeah. those jerks won. Yeah, have you stuck around and watched those, like, <laughs> the lowest of the low uh, from an MOB perspective? You were rewarded, I guess, uh, for that. But that was, yeah, it was a realization for me walking by being like, wow, yeah, this is the level we're at. Like, people are really taken in these games. Like, I'd rather go see a movie myself. But I get it. I get it. That's where we are. Like, And it, and the race is also that close, too. It's not like uh, two, three games and it's like, oh, this could move the needle. It's like, oh, if this goes a certain way, like, that could be playoff position for a day to be fair but still that could flip who's in playoff position or not and that that is uh, yeah that's pretty exciting that that's where we are like we talk about meaningful september baseball we're past meaningful like this is this is it this is like the race this is live or die and uh yeah it, it's still fun to watch like it, we we've said before it could all go away kind of at any time because it's that delicate it didn't go away this week and one thing that happened this week that I thought was interesting and like these type of debates can get silly and uh, they're inevitable though. And that's the fact that we're getting a lot of that Blue Jays MVP buzz. And it seems like the corpse of Vladdy's MVP case has been resurrected by a lot of the (laughs) Blue Jays faithful. And I get it because he's been, he's been absolutely incredible and Otani has slowed down to an extent specifically at the plate. And, uh, is it is it ridiculous to think that Vladdy has kind of found a way back into this race? I don't I don't think that it is. I mean, I you know, I would still have to vote for Otani, uh, you know, the guy who has <laughs> like four war as a hitter and three as a pitcher is is better than the guy who has six war as a first baseman. Um but it, I, but I think it's totally fair that we're talking about it, and I know that like some people would, were just like, no, shut this down, shut down this argument. Uh, no, I, I think it's I, I think it's fair, and also Otani apparently his arm is sore; he may not pitch the rest of the year. 
Uh, that shouldn't matter. The fact that his team isn't going to make the playoffs shouldn't matter. The fact that, the, that Vlad might win a triple crown shouldn't matter. Like, I was pro Mike Trout when... Uh, when Cabrera won the MVP and, and Trout, uh, because he won the Triple Crown, but Trout was clearly like the better player. Uh, you know, I, 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 I can approach the MVP discussion with like, you know, from a rational place. Uh, but it's definitely, it's definitely tightened and it's, it, it's a weird thing. Cause I, and I've had uh, discussions on Twitter with a couple of people this week, even like, uh, you know, like you, Otani could should win it every year, basically, just because of who he is and what he what he does on both sides of the ball. Like that's just so valuable, uh, which is fair. And the MVP doesn't necessarily reflect that. I think like if you want really want to talk about like like WAR doesn't necessarily capture what catchers do. I think like I think a catcher should you know if we really captured the uh, uh, the value of a player every you know in in every single like component of the game i think catcher catchers are so important and so you know vital to like just the pitching staff you know i think buster posey should have had like six mvps by now basically um but that's just that's not where we're at so in in the context of like the world where we do still have people being like oh rbis and and oh he's gonna win a triple crown uh i i think that that's a conversation but you know i don't know I know this is a Blue Jays podcast. I don't want to like shit on Vlad's chances or be like, like he's had an incredible season and you know, were Otani not to exist, obviously Vlad, I think would be the MVP, but he does though to your question, it's, it's different to me now that Otani is like, he's like the 40th best pitcher and the 15th best hitter. Like that's like, that's still incredibly remarkable. But yeah, it's, it's not still the same unbelievable. As he, it really is, yeah. But it's not the same as like there was a time in the summer where it's like Otani is like the third best pitcher and the second best hitter, and that was that's crazy. That's when that's why that was as much of a thing as it was. Uh, and that's not this is not to like you know shit on his accomplishments because it, it is crazy. It is an, it, and he's incredible. But it but I get I get why that's sort of creeping in and why you know. People start to think like, well, there's there's those guys, there's those voters, probably guys, <laughs> who are in the BBWAA who are like, well, if Vlad goes to the playoffs and then Otani doesn't, well, that then that means a lot that that's that's the difference, uh, which I think is a bullshit argument. Again, I know I'm on a Jays podcast, but but you know, uh, Vlad isn't carrying the team to the playoffs either. Like we shouldn't. There's we a couple other guys there on the Blue Jays. Guys that on the Blue Jays, yeah. There's like he's like he's like racing with Marcus Semyon for like the the wins above replacement lead, uh, because Semyon's real good too. Um, yeah, it's interesting to me that yeah. the uh, like that argument you're talking about, like oh he is the he drives his teams the playoffs, yada yada yada, like. People are willing to evoke that argument right now who would have absolutely no time for it if it wasn't a Blue Jay. You know what I yes. mean? Like people are like, oh, they would if it were, you know, if Vladdy had the best case and the Blue Jays were a 500 team nowhere near the playoffs and some other guy was like Yon Moncada, I'm just creating a fake, a whole <laughs> new fake world. That, can't, that person cannot exist. Yeah. Okay. Was driving the White Sox to a division title. Blue Jays fans would be like, oh, this is such bullshit. Like Vladdy's the best player, yada, yada, yada. And so that's where it gets silly for me because it's just, it's so partisan for lack of a better word that when you take a step back, Yes, the you know the trajectory of the two players makes it more interesting now. Like Otani is on a downward trajectory right now, Vladi is on an upward trajectory. The gap has closed. There's that's indisputable. The gap has closed. It's still a gap. It's still a significant gap just yeah. because of the value that Otani brings. And people said, "Oh, well, he's the whatever. He's worse than Vlad the plate and he pitches." It's not and he pitches. It's and he pitches at an incredibly high level. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that sometimes the argument is like, oh, like Otani, just because he pitches and that's so crazy and different, they're going to give it to him. No, because if he were a that's middle really reliever, like if he was hitting like this and then he was pitching kind of garbage fifth innings and saving the Angels bullpen, that would be valuable, but that wouldn't be putting him in the MVP discussion. He's an incredibly good pitcher. 
uh, in his own right. Like for much of early in his career, people thought that the pitching was going to be the thing that made him a star. So yeah, I like Vladdy in other years, like you said, maybe would have this MVP case. His season is nothing short of incredible. It's possible that the best is yet to come for him. He's young enough that he could do even better than this. I wouldn't be shocked if there's an MVP in his future. And no, we don't need to give the MVP to Shohei Otani every single year because he hits and pitches, but we need to give it to him in years where he hits and pitches <laughs> this fucking well. Like if next year he comes out and, yeah. and he can't find the strike zone and he's a fifth starter, then there's a chance that he's not really in that conversation, but he's incredible at both. And it, the value adds true. up to being more value than another player. And that's kind of the end of the, like, I don't know. For me, that's sort of where it begins and ends. And, well, and I think the, the weird that people get hung up on it and it's like, I don't know. There are so many um, incredible seasons of Blue Jays players that I remember that did not win the MVP that you, you could still appreciate. You and, don't have and, to uh, delete them from your mind. Yeah. Like, you know, John Olerud in 1993 didn't win the MVP, but that was an incredible season. Jose Bautista in 2010 didn't win the MVP, but that was an incredible season. Like, it's okay. Like, you, it doesn't diminish what, what Vlad is doing that there is a guy who creates more value because he's, you know, doing it on both sides of the ball. Like it's still an incredible season that Vlad's having. And, uh, and also he's 22 and it's, it's amazing. Uh, that, that's, you know, that's the, the thing you would, should take away from it. It's like, Oh, he'll be doing it for years and years and years. It's amazing. Uh, the, th- that's not the trophy you want to win. Yeah. It's funny. Cause they're, part of the discourse you're describing was like haha maybe these chumps in the bbwa will vote him in because of the narrative and then if he doesn't win it's like oh no we didn't get the validation from the chumps like it doesn't like if you think that it's silly then you shouldn't put that much value in the mvp anyway well the galaxy brain take on it is it's gonna it'll cost the jays more in arbitration if he wins the mvp oh no oh no oh no Oh no! Will he will only be paid a third of his va- of his actual market value? Oh no! That's what a nightmare. Devastating. Uh, <laughs> I think the the more interesting discussion is really the Ray discussion because Ray is right in there. Uh, like if Ray won the Cy Young, I would not be shocked. Do I think he's going to win the Cy Young? I think it's still more likely to go to Garrett Cole at this point. It's a bit of a two-horse race i know nathan yavaldi's in there if you go by some of the fan graph stuff but i don't really buy that the voters are going to give him to him that because his era is sort of mid threes that's almost a run above the other guys without a really compelling reason i think that that's hard to imagine the white Sox guys you know both radon and lynn were in it for a bit but both had injury problems and aren't gonna have the quantity so it, it looks like ray and cole to me Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, like we said, this is a Blue Jays podcast. This isn't what <laughs> people want to hear. Uh, but I don't know. I think for most of my career, I've been a bit of a here's what people don't want to hear type of guy. So my negative, thought is negative that. Negative Nick. Here we go. go. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> uh, here we go. Garrett Cole, you know, better strikeout rate, better walk rate, better keeping the ball in the park. I think that, you know, the difference that Ray has is a little bit of run prevention, but I don't think he comes by it super honestly. Like his left on base percentage is like 90, which is crazy. (laughs) And is, you know, is, you know, his exit velocity against is actually not good. And Cole is much better at suppressing contact. And for whatever reason, it seems like Ray has been, uh, yeah, more successful preventing runs in a way that I don't know if it reflects skill. He seems like almost, Again, it seems weird to be harping on all the negatives because you can clearly see like mm-hmm. he's putting together an incredible season. I'm just trying to do that in order to make a separation here. He's a <laughs> bit of a like he's a good bet to give up a home run late in his start. And it's normally a solo home run and it ends up being fine because he's so good. But if I had one game and I, I was going to put one of those guys on the mound, like personally, I would choose to throw Garrett Cole out there. And if someone wants to vote for Raleigh Ray for Cy Young, and I think he'll get some votes. And, it, you know, this race isn't over either. He could throw like a 17 strikeout shutout that could change the shape of some of this stuff. But I, yeah, I think I'd have to be in the Cole camp for now, especially because some of the 
you know, the sticky stuff, allegations and all that stuff. Like he's been really good since then too. Like he's just, he's really good. He does all, he's kind of like a prototypical pitcher. He does all the things you would want a guy to do. He's very good. He's very good. I, I'm not in the coal camp. First of all, <laughs> fuck the Yankees. Uh, second of all, well, we're, we're basing the Cy Young on exit velocity. Ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> wins. But also, I think uh, win, Cole, I think wins, wins first wins and too. foremost. And all, who, <laughs> I don't even know like who has wins anymore. Like sometimes Ray, Ray's like eleven and five or something. I, someone I, will I, ask me like, "Oh, how many wins do you think this guy will have for the <laughs> Jays this year? You think he'll get like ten wins?" I'm like, "I I don't know, man. Like if he's healthy, maybe. Like I have no idea what that leaderboard looks like. It depends like. on which games the bats are like scoring runs. Yeah." Uh, I, I look, Ray's got him in innings. He's got ERA. He's got strikeouts. Uh, the, the, the non fan graphs. Yeah. Fan graphs board does not like him, but also I think it's bullshit for pitchers. Um, Cole is your leader in wins 15 to 12. So that's actually crazy. We're this late in the season. And that's, I mean, that just kind of shows the way the game is going in my head. It's like, oh yeah, someone's always around like. 18 or whatever <laughs> yeah no one can win 20 anymore because they're all out after like the you know oh we can't let him see the third time third time through the order fun fact ryu is second and wins in the american really? league 13 there you go i would not have guessed that but also I like have... i said don't pay attention to that at all <laughs> uh but no i i don't know i think robbie ray has a great case i I abstain from the question as to who I would start if I had one, one uh, had to choose between Cole and Ray uh, for uh, uh, one game. Uh, but he's been amazing, and and it's weird. And I think sometimes guys like Cole, who are just so obviously good, get penalized because uh, of a great story. Who like you know, I mean, Robbie Ray is a great pitcher and has been for a while, but this is unprecedented for him. And I think that is compelling. Uh, obviously, the, the you know, I am uh, I am the last person to be like, oh, the narrative should uh, determine who wins an award. I, also, I don't give a fuck about awards, but uh, but yeah. I, so you, you know, guys can I, skip through the first part of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I don't know. I like, innings matter. He's pitched more innings. That that is that is a huge thing. More strikeouts. ERA as flawed as it is. I think reflects uh, in, a, in a decent way. I don't. I don't know what their like uh, runs allowed. You know, if we eliminate errors or whatever, I don't know what the difference is there. Uh, also, fuck the Yankees. Fuck whoever's honking their horn outside of my house here. <laughs> but yeah, I. I don't know. I that one. That one. I will. That's a hill I'll die on. I would. I would like Robbie Ray to win the Cy Young. I think he should. Uh, and also, he's not arb eligible, so it's not going to factor into. Uh, no, into he's massive contract eligible. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. It is funny that it's conceivable, and I don't know how these days are lining up, so I might be full of shit. But it's conceivable that you could have a wild card game that would have Ray and Cole on the mound, which I'm not would, sure that yeah. I can recall. Again, I can't recall every single wild card game off the top of my head, but I don't know if there's been one that's had sort of like literally the top two Cy Young guys on the mound because that's pretty impressive you, I mean well usually you have to <laughs> you have to like win your previous games just to get into it I think is a thing too yeah it's uh, probably too a, close a th- this a, year a, a thing I had and not to make a tangent on you but like a thing a discussion that I had with people that I a thought that I had uh about Robbie Ray this week was uh and Arden at Sportsnet wrote about how he's like a high he's he basically is a high leverage reliever right like he's just like max effort fastball slider try to hit this you can't uh and it's weird it's like i was i was i, I quoted i quote I, I tweeted a couple times at people the uh the 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 graph of like where his velocity has gone in the last couple of years like he is throwing harder than ever uh like it's it, it sort of like naturally I think it peaked at 24 and started going down his fastball velocity. And now it is, it, it's back up to where he was at 24. Like he is throwing max effort all the time. The slider is like way harder. It used to be like an 84 mile an hour slider that was like, you know, dropped a bunch, trying to get guys to chase out of the zone, low, low in the zone. Uh, 
and now it's much it's a it, it's it's tighter it's almost like a cutter he throws it like at 88 uh and part of me wonders because i know that the, the discussion has been about you know resign ray and i've been banging that drum for a long time and that you know we've talked about that uh i just <laughs> i wonder what people think or what the industry thinks about his potential durability because he has been very durable but he is doing and being he's doing this and being successful in a way that is just like you're throwing a shitload of real hard sliders and fastball like i i'm very curious as to you know we've talked about the Zach Wheeler money we've talked about like where he is and i think you know the market is going to give him a ton of money this this winter uh but i'm i'm very curious about what some teams think about the potential durability concerns as he moves into his 30s as a guy who can only be successful throwing as hard as he possibly can uh, <laughs> and throwing like 40% sliders and 50% fastballs. Yeah, I think that whenever Robbie Ray gets signed and whoever does that, whether it's the Blue Jays or another team, there will probably be corners of the baseball world, like you said, front office people who are very skeptical of that signing because you've got sort of the the small track record of this kind of success. There's the nature of the way he throws, like you're pointing out there. Mm -hmm. And then also just, you know, whether that pure fastball slider thing is going to work over the long term. Like if he loses the handle on either of those pitches, he can be really ineffective. Like, is there going to be a way that right-handers are able to adjust to that? Because theoretically right-handers aren't going to, should be able to hit that repertoire. They don't. It's that they don't do <laughs> it's, it. It's wild. But they I, I did that, theoretically, I did that this, they should. I did that post the other day where it was just like, here's his strikeouts from the 13 strikeout game. And, you know, he, by the end of the game, it was he was getting guys to chase the slider. But at the start, he's just like, <laughs> here's a fastball over the heart of the plate. And they just can't touch it. It's it's weird. It's weird. So I think that the, <laughs> they'll be they'll be incredibly divisive. Like every single front office, maybe except for some of the like the true rebuilders that don't even think about it, are going to have their internal metrics and they're going to have a valuation on Robbie Ray's contract and what kind of contract they would offer him. And I bet that those vary to an absolutely wild degree because you know Robbie Ray is a bizarre pitcher from the pants to the repertoire <laughs> and his career path is bizarre his track record yeah. is unusual like there's nothing about like we talk about Garrett Cole like I said he's sort of like the prototypical pitcher that you'd want very easy to imagine Garrett Cole having success over the long term that's why he gets signed to like the biggest possible contract mm. whereas Ray is a guy that you know, like he's been so much fun to watch and I'd like to see him succeed wherever he goes, unless it's the Yankees. Um, but there's definitely a universe where this all falls apart. Like there has to be because it, it is so unlike what we've seen from him in the past. It's so unlike what we see from other pitchers around the league that there's yeah, there's probably there's potential for the floor to fall out from under all of this. Um, you know, the Blue Jays hope that's not this season and whoever signs him hopes that never happens. But like you mentioned, like from durability to repertoire, it's all just very, very unlike what other guys around the league are doing. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's it is very interesting <laughs> in that regard. And I love it. I love watching him. It's been incredible. It's wild to watch just like. You know, it's a, it's like uh control not command it's like it's it's like he could throw it in the strike zone but i don't know that he knows where it's going in the strike zone every time no he, uh, he definitely that, doesn't and, 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 like that, that like it makes him so unpredictable and and hard for for guys to catch up to but yeah if there's like a do any sort of like you know regression of the stuff you know if the, if he can't throw it as hard it's it, it it's it's yeah it's a very interesting question to me um, and yet I still would be like, yeah, just give him Zach Wheeler money. I don't care. I, I like it. Like, like bad Robbie Ray, not like 2019 bad, but like Arizona, you know, in, in 2017 or whatever, like even the guy who walked a ton of guys, that was fine. And if he has to like start throwing the change up more, start throwing the cur curveball more, uh, which he can't command nearly as well. I think like part of the reason that he commands so well is because he's just like, well, the sliders tightened up and he'll throw the fastball. It's like, well, he can hit the zone with those. Not sure where in the zone. But but he'll go, he'll come close enough that it, he doesn't have to walk everybody. 
Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been amazing. But I think that I think that that was an apt uh, uh, call by Arden. Where he's like, it's like a high leverage reliever, just pitches seven innings, and it it is very it is very much like that. And it's so <laughs> it's so fun, but also so wild to watch a guy just like. Throwing like the the swing and miss on a on a fastball, you just you don't see that. Yeah, even point, guys you know, who throw significantly harder than him don't get that same kind of whiff rate. And he's kind no, of like you could like guys can time up a, a ninety nine mile an hour fastball, and he's not even throwing it that hard. But it's just that there's something about <laughs> about how it's coming at you that just gets on them, and it's amazing. But also, yeah, <laughs> terrifying to think about. To think it's like going to have long-term success like that. He's a bit of a poster boy for what you often hear on the Blue Jays broadcast. And I, to be fair, I often disagree with it when I hear it. But they do talk about like the, oh, like pitchers have too much respect for hitters and they just need to come after them. And, you know, these guys aren't all Albert Pujols of old. And you can just, <laughs> you got to just pound the zone. And I think as an overall philosophy, that's probably not true. Uh, hitters are very good when you pound the zone completely uh, you put yourself in danger of getting hit hard yeah. <laughs> and it and there is like there's a utility to throwing pitches outside the strike zone even pitches that end up being called as balls like you don't want I think in sometimes when I was a kid I used to play baseball video games and I could never really strike out a lot of guys because I was like oh I'm, I should just throw strikes every time I'm like well obviously <laughs> you just throw it in the strike zone every time and it ends up being a bad strategy because then people are consistently making contact and then you end up with like Mark Burley type strikeout numbers because to strike guys out, you got to go outside the zone. But Ray is just pounding the zone. He's just pounding the zone and it's working and it, it is fun to watch. And the, I know the slider breaks out of the zone and it backfoots some right-handed guys and sometimes it's high, like high and inside on guys and still gets swings. It's all very, yeah, it's very fun to watch. Uh, I do hate to be the miserable guy who is still going to pick Cole for the Cy Young, but yeah, uh, I still pick Cole for the Cy Young. We'll see what happens. Like you said, uh, there's a little bit more of a story with Ray, so I wouldn't be utterly shocked. But I think, well, I think that's a, I think that's a thing, and that's I mean that's the stupid thing about awards is like, well, you have to start you have to think like the voters, who generally are are idiots. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. Uh, you know, like like Cabrera winning for the for the triple crown when he was clearly not the best player. Uh, I think part of that was also like, hey, Trout's going to win a bunch of MVPs. It's fine, uh, and I think maybe Ray can do a similar. Thing Ray's going to win. Like, oh, well, Ray's going to win a bunch of Cy Young. So Cole's give it to Cole. Win a bunch of Cy Young. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> Bold prediction. Team Cole over here. Uh, I what do. If, what if they don't even make the playoffs? What about that? That's a that's a possibility, and we're going to get into that a little bit with uh, with the schedule stuff. Like it, it, we're getting granular. We're talking about Orioles, Yankees at Hooters, and uh, it's that kind of time. So, like we we know the Blue Jays' schedule from here. We got sixteen games, and it's seven against the Twins, three against the Orioles. So there's your good news. Uh, and then you've got, although it's worth noting that the twins aren't the Orioles, like the twins are bad, yeah. but they're an MLB team with some really good hitters. And, um, they have a couple of relievers who are all right. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go and say the twins are great, but there's a difference between playing, you know, the junior varsity Orioles and playing the twins who are an MLB team. Not last night. If you're the Yankees, <laughs> there you but, go. Yeah, then you've got the Yankees <laughs> and the, and we mentioned it before. Like that series against the Yankees, there's a decent chance that's just what it's all about. Like the whole season comes down to that yeah. series. It's not, you know, the teams haven't separated from each other since we said that before. There's not really time for them to do that now. The other when you other look at the, at the schedule, the other thing is, you know, the Red Sox have such a joke schedule from here on out. Like it's it's pretty ridiculous. It's fourteen. I mean, it's not ridiculous in the sense that it's like an outrage or some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> they they knew. The, I mean, no one knew the Red Sox would be good anyway. Um, well, they're frauds. No, they sure. are frauds. Uh, so, <laughs> so they got six against the Orioles, two against the Mets, three against the Yankees, three against the Nationals. So we we that Red Sox Yankees series has been much discussed. 
But it's just really hard to imagine the Red Sox collapsing down the stretch against these teams. Like, I think the Red Sox are going to continue to win consistently. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, you probably want to see the Red Sox beat the Yankees in that series because the Red Sox are probably more fraudulent. They don't have my boy, Garrett Cole, in the rotation. So, <laughs> yeah, Chris Sale, no, he's no Garrett Cole. He's no, he's no Garrett Cole. Uh, <laughs> possible right. Hall of Famer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, th- I mean, I think you'd probably rather see the Red Sox than the Yankees, but that's such a slim margin. But the thing is that the Red Sox, in my view, are probably going to get there anyway. So what you want is to scoreboard watch the Yankees. And the Yankees don't have... The hardest run in, they've got three against ye old Cleveland Guardians and three against the Texas Rangers. So that are, those are fairly easy. But then they've got three against the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays. So, you know, nine of their final 15 games are against, you know, good quality playoff caliber teams. And when you're watching the Yankees scoreboard on the scoreboard, there's a decent chance they're going to drop quite a few of those games. Whereas with the Red Sox, they're not going to drop the games unless they totally fuck it up, essentially. Like, if the Red Sox don't make the playoffs <laughs> at this point, they have fucked up. It's not It's not really on anyone else. I, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, it is, I think it is going to get dicey, especially, you know, looking at the the schedule into next week. Because, yeah, the Yankees play, play the Guardians, as you've said, uh, and the Texas Rangers. So they, they, they should be winning games. I mean, they're... Speaking of fraudulent, uh, like they suck. I I have had to watch some Yankees games lately. Not had to, but uh, just because of my own, you know, uh, uh, cursed existence as a Blue Jays fan, been like, all right, well, let's watch Yankees Orioles. Uh, <laughs> like Gary Sanchez, not a great catcher. Uh, their bullpen, not great. I mean, they have a ton of injuries. They're the Yankees. They will be fine. Uh, long term, I don't. I do not weep for the Yankee fans who are like, "Oh, you know, what if we miss the playoffs for the first time in 29 years?" But like, but you know, uh, they're they're frauds. I feel as much as the uh, the Boston Red Sox are. Okay, uh, I think it's, also, a, it's a different I, I go, flavor I, I suppose, of fraudulence. I suppose, my, I suppose my my threshold for fraud is uh, is pretty high. <laughs> Anyone who's not a top six MLB team is a fraud. The Rays well, are not frauds. Think, can we agree on that? Not frauds. We can agree on that. Okay, I feel the go. White Sox have like the same record as the Blue Jays and are like eleven games up in their division, which is insane. But uh, but yeah, that, it 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 could get dicey, especially that this is a huge, obviously important series. Well, they're all important at this point, but like with the Twins, it's in front, it's right in front of you. They are, you know, the Twins are not the the Orioles, as you as you pointed out. They have a third baseman who I I, I personally have uh, an affinity towards. Uh, they can hit a little bit. Uh, they did they did trade Nelson Cruz and Jose Barrios and uh, Maeda is is hurt, so that does that does help you a little bit. Uh, but they're 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 definitely more dangerous. They're more of a they're more the Tigers than they are the Orioles, I think, which is uh, uh, damning with faint praise. But but yeah, having to play them and then the Rays, it could get it could get weird by the time we're talking next week. Uh just because of that. And then the Jays sort of have that, you know, the the Yankees and the Orioles and, and the Twins in front of them. Um but it's just a, it it's just amazing and nice and worth savoring that we're even here. Like it just it seemed it seemed not possible for a while or it seemed like it was just not going to happen uh and i i'm trying to i'm trying to live every moment and enjoy every moment where because it could you know they could lose they could just they could be the team that misses because there's you know there's like a there's like a 33 percent chance that you know the yankees orioles or jays are going to miss one of them's going to miss well i think the orioles are going to miss call me crazy oh did i say i did say orioles yeah red so- fair, fair enough the red Sox. i meant <laughs> yes you're correct uh but no like they're you know yeah, someone's got to be the odd man out for sure we we are at, we are at the point now you know even though it's the regular season where it's like it just it 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 ends blindingly fast and it kind of blindsides you and you're like oh 
well, that's it. It's over. Holy shit. You know, and that, you know, any team that gets into the playoffs, that can happen very, very quickly. And we're talking about a wild card too. Like, you know, they could get in yeah. and lose that game. So my so my advice, my advice to the people at home <laughs> is is yeah, like I don't know, just try to th- this is the fun part, which is so weird and I think we've talked about this I've mentioned this several episodes in a row, but like this this is supposed this is what we're doing it for. This tense I hate my life <laughs> hanging on every pitch thing. This is it. This is the good stuff. Uh and it is and it's you know, I, the, like there is absolutely a scenario where the Blue Jays run the table and can, if they get in, they can absolutely win the World Series. They have a really, really good team, and it's going to be delicate, as you said, because there's there's all sorts of like landmines on the way to that scenario. Uh, but you know, uh, I'm just trying to savor it, uh, which is to say, if they get tripped up by the stupid Twins. <laughs> I'm I'm going to try to not lose my mind about it. But also, based on how I reacted to the Orioles and Yankees last night, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to actually abide my own advice. Well, as you point out, from a, <laughs> I don't know, from a soul-nourishing perspective, and that's a very weird way to put it, and I'm not sure why I did. However, <laughs> we're going to power through. Please. From that perspective, in many ways, this is the best time. Because when you're in the playoffs, that could all end so quickly. We know that there are 16 more games left for the Blue Jays. We know that the (laughs) we know those games are going to be of the utmost importance, even if things go pretty sideways for a week. And next week, you know, like you said, the way the Blue Jays uh, schedule lines up compared to the way the Yankees one does, they do have to go to the fucking trop. So (laughs) that. Maybe is going to be the time when it starts to get squirrely, but they're probably not going to drop like, I don't know, three games behind. They're not going to go more than three games behind the Yankees. No. So by the time the Yankees roll around, like that series is going to matter. And it is that week where the Yankees play the Jays and the Red Sox that the Jays are going to, I think, have a chance to potentially reel in any of the losses. But whatever, that's all very micro. Going to have to be Red Sox fans for a couple of days, yeah. What I'm saying is that like, <laughs> when you're in the playoffs, there's a chance that it can all disappear so quickly. And so there's so much excitement and everything is so high stakes. But right now it's the same thing. There's so much excitement, everything's so high stakes. And we know that we have a fair amount of baseball left to play. And so... Like you said, there's an agonizing aspect to that, undoubtedly. But at the same time, it is something worth savoring. Because if you start your savoring on the wildcard game, by the fourth inning, you could be down 6 nothing, <laughs> and then you didn't really get much savoring in. So this is a, a time to appreciate, yeah, what, you know, what they've done to get to this point. Uh, and the fact that, you know, going into the year, being in a situation like this was definitely... A possibility and i'm not saying i don't think it's even one that's that outlandish coming to you you thought they might be fighting for a wild card spot at the very end but this is yeah this is about as tense about as exciting about as close as it gets and you never know when you're going to be back here again and i'm not even talking about the playoffs i'm talking about like the quote-unquote meaningful september baseball or the step above that we need a, a name for the step above meaningful where like you're in the mix. You're not just hoping to be in the mix. I don't know what that it's, is. It's a bit hairy. Yeah, it, it's uh, and I'm reminded of. Well, first of all, I had tickets to the bat flip game, but I was it was after Thanksgiving. I was sick. I was still in Peterborough. I gave my ticket away, which is a personal personal regret. Uh, but also so like the only game I saw in the 2015 playoffs was like. Ari Dickey got his fucking had handed to him by like the fourth inning and it was like oh wow i paid a lot of money to watch this garbage you know it, it, it can go sideways on you very quickly um and and this is yeah this is the time to savor and how dare you if you don't that's where i'm how, <laughs> how dare you if you know. don't uh, I mean, I would. Lo- we would all look. We would all love this to be the World Juniors in Canada. Just like curb stomps every like, like pathetic uh, uh, former Soviet country <laughs> on their way to winning a gold medal. But this is this is not how this is not how real sports works. 
<laughs> World Junior, not real sports. They're really calling out a big subsection of our audience, those who like Boxing Day World Juniors. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No, look, I like I like to watch the Young Boys Hockey Championship. Just like it is pretty funny that it kind of exists, and that like not that it exists. There's all kinds of like under X age championships in a variety of sports, but you gotta tip your hat to TSN for turning that into a massive product when it could easily be the type of thing that like friends and family attend, and no one knows what the fuck's happening. I, that is true, and then yet, and and yet, yet, when we talk about it, I'm like, well, you could do that for like women's soccer or women's hockey, or oh no, the oh the young boys, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about the yeah. worthiness of the cause. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking just, about the no, yeah, as know, a connoisseur know, of marketing, I'm just saying is. that it's good marketing. <laughs> and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But but yeah. Uh, it's fair fair to say that's neither here nor there i think it's fair to say that's neither here nor there. i just think that they could market women's soccer better uh also men's soccer in this country uh there's we're seeing an upturn in that we're gonna gonna do it we're gonna do it (laughs) all right before we wrap (laughs) up here before we get into men's soccer which is not what this podcast is about and then if it was it would end up in a lot of like euros talk that it's not relevant well, we, i don't think that happened so that's fine <laughs> we do have the uh that series we, we've kind of talked about a little bit minnesota it's weird i like i wrote a piece for sports and about this twins matchup because it's almost half their games left like we talk about like, ooh, who can affect the Blue Jays' fate? Well, obviously they have control because they're in a playoff spot now. Then it's the Red Sox and Yankees. Team number four is the fucking Twins, an eliminated team that is totally irrelevant. Like they are playing the Blue Jays enough that they're going to have a big impact on how the Blue Jays do. And like you said, they can hit a little bit. Uh, we've got Josh Donaldson big, there. That's a big, big old friend man. alert. Like we've had some pretty soft old friend alerts on the show, like Connor Green. Probably the softest. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josh, Josh Donaldson is a big one. I don't like how many times has he played at the Rogers Center since that trade? Probably not a lot. I feel like he did with the Braves for some reason. Did they? Yeah. I, I feel like he but, did. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. Anyway, I feel like he has. But like you said, it's not been a, a significant amount of times. I still feel people will... Uh, He'll get some. He'll get some claps. Yeah, I would. I'd be standing up every every at bat, frankly, because uh, <laughs> he's awesome as much as a, as a, you know. He's just soft drinking the Dr Pepper, drink some water, Josh. But uh, but he's he's a weird baseball weirdo, and uh, I cannot not love him. Uh, and also, just hope he doesn't uh, do the things he's capable of on a baseball field against the Blue Jays because he's very good. Yeah, he's still good. Uh, less less good than, say, 2016, 2015. He's but. not peak Josh Donaldson. He would look pretty good at third base for the Blue Jays now if they had gone and got Josh Donaldson. I mean, you wouldn't because well, of that contract. They couldn't keep him because they had Vlad playing third base oh. eventually, right? No, I meant I'm trying to go back and get him later. But uh, that contract is huge, and the Twins also, are going to regret I, giving it to him probably. Also, he's a weirdo, and I don't think they wanted him in the room. Yeah, that's uh, a big part of it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's the type of guy that you could potentially definitely not like if he's not on your team. But he gave the Blue Jays some incredible moments and you know, quite literally some of the best seasons in their history. I feel like Twins fans uh, also maybe don't like him that much <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a bit of an odd situation because I, I I do feel bad whenever players are sort of hamstrung by their own contracts. Like we had that in Toronto with Vernon yeah. Wells for so long. Like there was oh, no yeah. reason to dislike Vernon, Vernon Wells. Yeah. Like he was a great player, yeah. seemed like a great guy, and he got all this flack because of how much money he made. And I wish that people would be more inclined to just tip their hat, be like, "Good agent, buddy." You did it. Uh, <laughs> for real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm happy for you, especially if you like the player. And so it, it is unfortunate. Also, it took them 15 years to, like, pay another guy that much. Also, you know what? With Donaldson, I don't think that he's the type of guy who cares that much. I think he can he can survive those slings and arrows. So I don't – I'm not too worried about him. I am interested in the prospect of a donaldson Merriweather uh, plate appearance. I know that that's a silly thing. And the the trade wasn't really like 
that wasn't value for value. It was a dump no, and blah, blah, blah. It not it's a, not like it was not a baseball trade, as they say. Yeah, it wasn't the like, oh, well, now we got Julian Merriweather. That makes sense as a value. <laughs> um, but I think it'll it'll still cause some fun Twitter uh, happenings if it does go down, which will be good. Oh, is it possible to have fun on Twitter? Okay. It's it's not probable. <laughs> it's it's unlikely, uh, but it is actually it's possible theoretically, and that could be one of those moments. One thing that's uh, that kind of strikes throughout the series is the presence of Michael Pineda because he is the classic example of sort of what could have been for the Blue Jays at the deadline. There was he was like exactly who everyone thought they were going to get, and there's an alternate history where the Blue Jays get Brad Hand and Michael Pineda and they are mired in mediocrity (laughs) and uh, nothing happens. And so when you watch Pineda pitch to the Blue Jays, I'm going to say presumably without success, although that's not necessarily fair to presume, but uh, you know, he's not a great pitcher anymore and the Blue Jays lineup is rolling. You can take a moment to consider how thankful that you are that they got Jose Barrios instead and that they get to hit against Michael Pineda instead of behind him. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, also, Jose Barrios is fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I was bewildered when people seemed to lose faith in him when he had like two to three bad starts. Like well, he, He's Pete the Walker, most consistent guy. To help him out. Yeah. He's got, got no, the he's, longest track. Long, I mean, he's not ancient, but he's got a, a very long track record of consistency of being a very, very good pitcher. And it was nonsense when yeah. he was kind of off track for a second. Not quite, not quite ace caliber. But that's fine. But just that's fine. so good. People, not everyone so can good. be Garrett Cole. Okay, you can, you can be. Yeah, the step below. It's fine. I mean, I don't know. They've you, got yeah, an ace already. Take, would you take Marcus Stroman or or, or Jose Barrios right now? That's an I t- I take Burrios. I like a guy who misses more bats. I think yeah. I I think I think, but I think it's you know it's a similar tier of of a very good pitcher. Yeah, that yeah, he's like a really really good two. Uh, and Stroman was a good two who thought he was a one, and we don't know about <laughs> uh, Burrios's thoughts on uh, what he is. But he's yeah, he's a really really good two or like a not great one that you'd have behind a great offense, which the Blue Jays have anyway. Uh, well, this is the thing you need to read the captain's class. Uh, by some Wall Street Journal idiot, which will tell you about how to put teams together, and uh, Jose Brio- Jose Brios fits in very well with this uh, the group that they have. I feel. Yeah. Uh, I I don't necessarily feel because I don't know Brios, but uh, but the Jays seem to feel that. It, this is an off season topic, but like they do seem very dictated by like you know we want guys like Brad Hand. We would rather not get Ryan Tapera. We'd rather get Brad Hand. Because uh, we think he'll fit in the clubhouse better. Just I'm give Ryan Tapera like uh, one of those, you know, when people have studio apartments and they've got like a little screen that they change <laughs> behind. Give him one of those and then <laughs> throw him out in the seventh inning and just don't. We've learned so much about quarantining over the last year and a half. There's got to be a way to do it in the clubhouse. No, it is kind of funny because we have this perception of Atkins and Shapiro as these kind of number crunchers, which is not really where they're at. And a lot of the time they prioritize, yeah, the room and the the character of guys, maybe even to an extent that some fans might ultimately come to not like, like a Brad Hand example, like uh, they're not going to so, give yeah. up on Kevin Biggio like they, because they think the world of him. Not, not like the internet has, but yeah. Not like the internet has, <laughs> you know. I mean, we're coming close to the end of this episode, so it's probably best that I don't even mention the name of Charlie Montoyo. But that kind of stuff, too. When they like believe in a person and they believe in someone being good for their environment, that's something the Blue Jays really, really value. And you could argue whether that's the right thing or not, but I will say that creating a team of Uno Escobar and Colby Rasmus and those type of people <laughs> didn't work out great. So uh, as an alternative, this might not be the worst th- thing in the world. I think you're right, and, uh, but I think I think that they do think that you know whatever deficiencies Charlie has tactically, which I also I I hesitate to even say because <laughs> there's a lot of input going into all these decisions. It's not just him, but I think that they think he wins them more games by the atmosphere that he helps create than he loses them games by making the wrong choice 
and a coin flip decision to you know not pinch hit <laughs> uh, for Reese McGuire in a, in a tight game, which may be true. Uh, you should pinch it for Reese McGuire in a tight game, well, just for yes, the record. When especially when you have two catchers yeah. on the bench. Uh, however, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> um, however, that might be right, and like we'll never know. And the, because we'll never know, that's why this discourse and this conversation is going to go on forever. But we're not going to have it all this week. Maybe next week. Next week, perhaps there'll be another time. Maybe he'll pinch hit Reese McGuire for somebody. Then we'll, we'll really have, be talking. We'll have it when he's fired <laughs> in 2023. Okay. All right. We'll wait for that. We'll uh, we'll end Blue Jays happy hour on a grim note like that, which is something we don't do I infrequently. Mean, well, well, you're hearkening to when he's going to be fired in the future. Uh, I suppose. Well, no, after... Well, after the heights of 2022 and 2021, I mean... I guess as a manager lifespan, that would probably be fine. You probably would have taken that on uh, if you'd offer it to him when he got hired. Uh, again, <laughs> much like a lot on this episode, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so we are thankful that <laughs> you guys are tuning in this week. Um, we will talk to you again next Friday. <laughs>